After talking with Fadil Diggs and McKinley Jackson, I feel pretty confident that this Texas A&M team is going to be a special bunch in 2023. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in the Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Once again, coming to you live here from the beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. Although, it's looking like we got some rain heading our way on Radio Row here. But, like I say, folks, yesterday we, of course, saw Coach Fisher up on the podium talking to all the SEC media members and learning a little bit about this team and what he has going on. And then we, of course, I was able to, to ask Phil Diggs and McKinley Jackson a few questions. And, you know, I think the the vibe that I got from them, what I picked up, was that this is just going to be a special bunch, a real tight group, a, a good group of people who love each other. They play for one another. You know, and I, and I think – now, some people might look at that and look at that as, as a fluff argument. You know, it, it doesn't matter. It matters, the talent, all that. That's there too. But what my point here is – you know, we talked a lot about the teams that are big into the portal. You know, Auburn brought in a million teams. I, the reason I bring up Auburn is because we're actually going to have a guest here to talk a little bit about that matchup. Daryl Daprich, he'll be on here in the third segment. He's going to come sit with me. He's on the radio right now. And um, so I, I think, like, you know, so Auburn brings in a ton of guys. You've got a school like Colorado brings in a ton of guys. Um, Ole Miss does it every year. I think there's something about, like, you get your recruiting class and those guys stay at, the, at, at Texas A&M until it's time to move on for a job or for the the next level. And I think that is what I – that is the vibe that when talking to Diggs and Jackson, that's what they gave off to me. They, they, they felt like – you know, it, it was funny. They all decided to wear sunglasses. And, of course, I'm going to show the clips of the questions I asked on tomorrow's episode. I have to do some clip in there. And there's been – been this week has been hectic, folks. But um, I just – I think that was the quick hit thing that I learned is that this group, this team – is really together, really tight. They're going to play for each other, and they really have Coach Fisher's back. I mean, I was standing when somebody asked Coach Fisher a question, or asked McKinley Jackson a question about, like, is Coach Fisher feeling some stress right now? And I think the thing that I quickly picked up on that was that they have his back. He, you know, he said, no, Coach Fisher's got a talented bunch, and um, I forget who asked this question, but they were talking about, they were talking about what Coach Fisher has, the the players he's got, and McKinley Jackson was quick to respond and say, "Listen, like, no, this Coach Fisher is is coaching as well. He's coaching us the right way. We're doing the right things." Uh, he said, "We we all know last year was rough. That was on us, and they're planning to make that fix." So I, I think um, it's just you know, I love sending older representatives. So like you know, you send a guy like Evan Stewart. A lot of people are like, well, "Why didn't Evan Stewart make the trip?" I think to me, it's like he's a younger guy. Of course, a true sophomore. And I think there's something about experience and players that have been around are, are good young men on and off the field. And I think that is what I picked up from my time talking with Anaya Smith, McKinley Jackson, and Fidel Diggs. You know, Diggs um, and Jackson, they, they just they, – they spoke so well. You could tell that they were, you know, genuinely excited to be receiving these questions. They were genuinely excited to be here to representing Texas A&M University, and that's what meant a lot to them. Another question I asked um, McKinley Jackson about, actually, was 
what um, was just talking about playing in Kyle Field, the atmosphere. And, you know, I, I think it, you could tell it was a special moment to be able to kind of talk about it for him. I think what I picked up on quickly was that he, he loves Texas A&M. He loves Texas A&M so very much. He loves getting to go and play in front of these fans every single game. He says it's the best fan base in the country. I'm not going to sit here and argue with him because I agree. And, you know, I think that was just very clear to me. It, it's, it, it's clear that I think the players love the university. They're not there for – they're not – they're not making moves, transferring to do, you know, to get to the next level. I think people are at Texas A&M because they love Texas A&M. And that is what McKinley Jackson, the the vibe, the feel that he gave off to me. And, you know, I, it says a lot. It's like I always like rooting for players and rooting for people when you know that they are as good of people off the field as they are on the field. You know that they are uh, good human beings. And I think it's like to be able to see – Jackson and Fidel Diggs. I didn't get to talk to Anaya Smith as much as I would have liked to. I wanted to ask him about Coach Petrino and some of the offensive stuff. But I just think it's it, it, it's a special group. They care about each other. They're playing for each other. And I think that says a lot. I think, you know, having a group that um, is, is willing to, you know, go to war every single every single Saturday, go to war and play for their teammates, play the game the right way. I think it really does um, say a lot about a university. And I think that's one of the things that makes Texas A&M so special. So, you know, that was – so the, I only I was only able to – I talked to McKinley Jackson for a while. I was able to ask him probably seven, eight questions. I talked to Phil Diggs for not as long, probably about – I think I got one question into him. I, I listened to him answer some other ones. But, um, you know, Phil Diggs was talking about how who, – who's going to be getting after the passer. He name-dropped some, some guys, you know, and – I just, you know, it was funny because you know who you, you know who he name dropped when I, this was the question I asked him. I was like, Fidel, besides yourself, who's going to be getting after the quarterback? And his response basically was everybody on the defensive line. And I think that's a testament to kind of what we talked about when I asked McKinley Jackson the question, like, hey, you know, you guys um, are are tab one of the best defensive lines in the country. I've argued I think you are and potentially will be when the season comes to an end. You know, talk to me a little bit about it. And I think that that. We talk about depth a lot here on Locked on Aggies, and that is what these two guys gave off. It's like every time you asked them a question about the defensive line, they were so quick to be like, yeah, there's a lot of guys who do it well. And that was another thing Kenley Jackson said. Um, it was really funny how he kind of was like, man, if I could list to you all the defensive linemen that are going to have to play a role for us this season, we, we would we would have to go we would have to go get dinner after this. I don't because that's how deep this room is. Um, I also asked McKinley Jackson about the cornerback room and some of the transfers. And he was really high on some of these guys. Um, he thinks that it's going to be one of the better units on the team and one of the deeper units on the team, which is definitely a positive there as well. So I think really to wrap up everything that I took away from, from talking to these guys, from talking to Fidel Diggs and McKinley Jackson, like I said, I do think that being a tight unit, being a group that you know cares about each other and plays for each other, I do think that's a really big deal. And it's clear to me, you know, and like I say, some might say it doesn't matter. You could bring bring 11 random people, and if they play the game hard, you know, I think there's something about brotherhood and playing for playing for each other. And, and, and that is just what I immediately picked up on. And it was funny because I was like, is this even like a fun topic to kind of bring up? But I was like, it is because it, to me it is so important how, how, how much that matters to a football team. You know, you have to – be willing to go to go to war for your brothers out there. I mean, that's what they always say. And I think that these guys are going to do that. You know, 
they made it so they all wore sunglasses, which was hilarious. And Fidel Diggs was joking, saying, like, I was the last one to put them on. Um, I followed the trend, but, you know, um, and McKinley Jackson's, they, they, were at, everybody, they were asking him about the sunglasses. It was it was an interesting question, but he kind of kept saying, like, yeah, I um, I wear these because, you know, I want to look good. I don't want to be swaggy, and I want to um, put off what the message that we're trying to send, that, you know, we mean business. And, uh, it, you know, I just – I think the takeaway – from like I said, all this was these were three impressive young men out here talking about Texas A&M, and it's clear they love Texas A&M. I mean, it, it that that is the one thing that stood out to me, and I think as fans, we all can appreciate that. We can appreciate a, a player and, and a team and a school who, you know, really, you know, we can appreciate players that want to be there. They want to play there. They want to succeed. They want to win a championship for the hometown team. Uh, if they're hometown kids, if they're in-state kids, if they're out-of-state, whatever, you fall in love with the area. You fall in love with the people. And that, to me, folks, is the biggest takeaway that I kind of picked up on was talking to these guys at SEC Media Days. Like I said, I will have a video of – I will have a video of all these. You know, it'll be the third segment probably tomorrow or Friday where I'll kind of, you know, show all of the questions I got to ask everybody. And we'll kind of play them as a clip, and I'll break them down one by one. So I just kind of wanted to talk about, like, we'll get more into depth of what they said football-wise, but I do think that was the biggest takeaway just from having the conversations was that this team is tight, and I think that leads to wins on the football field. So that is the reason that I, I was uh, – it was a quick, excited takeaway for me after talking with a couple of the Texas A&M football players that made their way to Nashville to represent Texas A&M. So we are going to talk a little bit before Daryl Dapperich, like I said, come and join us here at segment three. Before Daryl Dapperich comes to join us, I want to talk a little bit about this Auburn matchup. Hugh Freeze was just talking about it in the electronic media room, talking a little bit of talking a little bit of smack about Texas A&M. So what was Coach Freeze talking about? What's this matchup going to look like? We're going to talk about that coming up right here on Locked On Aggies. But first, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Folks, you know, LinkedIn is a service I feel like we all have. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a, I use LinkedIn personally. I think it's a great um, it's a great service. I, I really like it. Um, I, you know, I have an account. And so I've, when I first out of college, I've been connecting with a lot of my old people I went to college with. I've been connecting with people with high school with. So LinkedIn, you got to give them a chance. I promise. Um, it's why small business is great. LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So, talking a little bit about this matchup with Auburn before Daryl joins us here. You know, um, quick thoughts on this matchup. I think, you know, last year we talked a lot about this today. This was a big topic when Auburn, the players were going around and uh, Coach Freeze, but was last season, you know. Texas A&M, of course, loses the game in Auburn to a a, a team who, kind of like the Aggies, was had a down year, had a, had, a, had a year that I know the fans over on the Plains were not happy with. 
but it was a game where they were playing for Coach Cornell Williams, Coach Cadillac Williams. Uh, Brian Harson, of course, had been fired, and it was kind of like the fans came out in – I mean, I don't know how so many people fit in one area. It was incredibly impressive. That atmosphere was awesome. And, you know, as an Aggie fan, it was cool to just – it was a cool college football moment. You hated that the Aggies didn't, up, didn't end up on the right side of things, but it was a cool moment. Um, it was a cool environment. It was just it, – it's what, it's what I love and what makes college football so special. But, you know, talking about this game this season – you know, Hugh Freeze, I think many, and we'll talk to Daryl Wood about this, but uh, many kind of thought that Peyton Thorne was the guy uh, down in Auburn. And, 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 you know, and Coach Freeze, I think he kind of made it clear that it's a it's a three-man race more than I had imagined. And I think many in, 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 on the Auburn beat kind of thought so as well. But, you know, that's going to be a big matchup there. Of course, in Auburn, they run the ball well. Jarquez Hunter is one of the best running backs in the SEC. Um, there's some question marks I heard about with his um, some off the field stuff that that with, with this being the fourth game of the season, of course, against um, the Aggies taking on the Auburn Tigers this fourth game of the year. So we don't know if there's any looming suspensions. Um, it's nothing I can speak on. Coach Freeze was asked was asked about it and didn't have an answer. So. We don't really have an answer there, but that's a potential question mark for this game. But it's just going to be the kind of matchup where, like, um, you know, the Auburn, I, I know they have a good secondary, and I think it's going to be, are we going to be able to pick that apart? Is Connor Wigman going to be able to kind of pick apart that secondary, get the ball to the talented wide receivers, which is one of the best, most talented wide receiver rooms in the country? Um, and it's just a pivotal game. It's your SEC opener. You, you, get, you get Auburn at home. You get them. They're coming to Kyle Field. I think – the other interesting kind of question mark here um, is so who freeze. We were just sitting in the electronic media room and he was um, an A&M beat writer asked a question and he kind of joked about, he joked and said something along the lines of like, I've beaten them a couple of times there before, you know, just throwing fun, which is all part of the fun. I, you know, I appreciate it. But um, so, Hey, you know, I think that gives the Aggies an opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, get them, get them quiet. You take care of business week three at, or week four, excuse me, at your place, open up the SEC sled. I think that's a big deal. So this is going to be a game of, you know, last year it's been the, one of the biggest question marks in the offseason is can the Aggies stop the run? Can the defensive line and linebackers stop the run? It was an issue last year, and Auburn loves to run the football. That, I think, is the biggest question mark for me heading into this game. I don't think the Aggies are really going to struggle to score points. I think it's going to be are they able to stop Auburn from scoring points, especially on the ground. So that's the biggest question mark I have heading into this game, folks. It's going to be a fun one, one I'm looking forward to. And it seems like, you know, Coach Free is a talented football coach back in the SEC at Auburn. It feels like, you know, this is a game that's going to be fun, and I'm really excited to break it down with Daryl Daprich. So we are going to click away here for one minute, and then Daryl Daprich is going to join the show, folks, and he's going to tell us a little bit about what we need to know about this matchup with Auburn, kind of the Auburn perspective on things. So Daryl's going to be joining us right now on Locked On Aggies. Daryl, what's up, man? What is going on? How are you, brother? You enjoying SEC Media Days? Have I told you how much I love this city? It's great. I love this city. It's where, great. Where are we heading after this, Daryl? We're going to a little Rainforest Cafe. It's gonna be a good night. It's gonna be a good man, night. It's gonna be a good night. Yes. So, um, but you know, so Daryl, I think this matchup. I know, um, host of Locked On Auburn. Zach Blackerby has listed this as one of the, if not, I think he listed it his biggest matchup for Auburn this season. I think it's a big matchup for both teams. You know, um, A&M's looking for some revenge from last year. That game, I was kind of just, I was talking a little bit about that game and the, how crazy the atmosphere was. 
Um, so what do Aggie fans need to know about Texas? I mean, need, need, what do Aggie fans need to know about Auburn, and, and what's this game going to look like? You think? It's a big game for Auburn. I really believe that because it's the first conference game. It's the first road game. I do believe that the game, the way it's scheduled, is bigger for Texas A&M than it is Auburn. I think uh, Texas A&M can't afford to lose this game, in my opinion, at home. If Auburn does, after starting 2-0 and or 3-0 and or whatever, I don't think it's going to be as fatal. I think for Texas A&M, you start to get those bad vibes if, if they drop a game at home to Auburn. So – in that aspect, it's a big game for both teams. I know Zach feels like it's 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 you know huge for Auburn. Of course, you want to get off the schneid and win that first conference game. But when you lose a game like that on the road, which this series is so weird because the the road team won most of the times until the last couple of years, it's been flipped. I truly believe that the game last year at Jordan Hare uh, Cadillac Williams second game. Everything that Auburn fans had known to that point in that season was disappointment, heartache, and and really frustration. And that, I think, is the first time that Auburn fans started seeing some hope, started feeling good about the program again, saw a little sunshine, cracked through, and that has carried over, I think, in the offseason. So that was the first time I think Auburn fans felt good about their football team for a very long time. You know, um, and it's funny because that was a game. It was it was a matchup of the two heartbroken fan bases in that mm-hmm. game. You know, Texas A&M, you got to remember, went into the season with these expectations that, I mean, they were through two roofs and um, just didn't pan out. You had some different things. I hate making excuses. You had some guys go down to injury. Um, Coach Fisher's, we t- I always joke about the Cheesecake Factory menu of a playbook. That didn't pan out well last year. He brings in Coach Petrino, you know, and it's funny, Daryl, you were, you were sitting yesterday when we were listening to Coach Fisher. And, you know, I'm a little concerned about, like, if he's going to take his hand off the, the playbook and let Coach Petrino do his thing. So that's a question mark. But, I mean, I think so what – with a game within the game, like, what is going to be the matchup that you think is going to be the biggest within the actual football game? I think what you alluded to is, number one, the if you're going to be hands-off, you got to be hands-off. You can't dip your toe in the water and say someone's going to call plays and still have your finger on it. And I know that because that's what Gus Malzahn did for years and years at Auburn. That's a formula that does not work. You can't turn over the reins, then take them back. Turn over the reins and take them back. If he truly believes Bobby Petrino is the man to call plays, and I believe that he is for AM, then let him do that. So that's the one area, the game within the game. That could be a volatile, uncomfortable situation if you start going back and forth like that. I think that last year AM did not have the weapons – uh, due to injury and suspensions and things like that, that they should have had. I think they had the talent. I believe that if Muhammad plays, it could have been a different game. I'm just being honest about that. I think both offenses looked really, really feeble. Uh, yes, I think this year you're going to see a completely different two teams from the offensive side of the ball. I think AM's going to have success, you know, scoring points and, and, and gaining yards and driving the ball, and I think Auburn will too similar to what those matchups used to look like between A&M and Auburn. So that's the game within the game to me. Whatever defense can play better at Kyle Field in September will win that football game. I think you're going to see it, both offenses look completely different than they did last year. You know, I agree with you. Um, I, I know the offense was a struggle on the Plains as well last year. Um, and I think – so, you know what, I, I, I alluded to the to quarterback battle that, you know, a little bit. Um, I, I do want to hear your thoughts on that. Who are you leaning towards winning that job? And uh, what do you think it's going to kind of look like if if Ashford wins the job or if Thorne wins the job? 
A&M fans can really relate to this. I felt last year that Calzado had won that job and it was his to lose. And then it just really worked out that really strange and he never, never did, didn't take a snap. And I think a lot of that had to do with the shoulder injury. I think it's a completely different scenario again with Peyton Thorne. I think he ends up being the starter. I think he wins the job in the fall. I think I don't think Hugh Freeze goes out and handpicks a quarterback without thinking that that kid's going to be the starter. I do believe that Robbie Ashford will still have an impact in the in, in Auburn season. Will still make his mark on Auburn season. I think there'll be special packages for Robbie Ashford. And watching him play a day in the a day game, man, they ran the ball effectively with him. But I just don't think you can be one dimensional in this league. As good as Robbie Ashford can be in the read option, and he looked really good in spring and is with that running back room, at some point when people stack the box, you better be able to freaking throw it. And I don't know if he's dynamic enough of a thrower to, to overcome people stacking eight or nine in the box. That's why I think Thorne ultimately wins the job. And don't sleep on Thorne's running ability. He's got some pretty good legs, and he can run the football. He's a the son of a coach. He's very, very intellectual and very cerebral when it comes to play calling and that kind of thing. So I think at the end of the day, Peyton Thorne wins the job, but I think Hugh Freeze keeps Robbie Ashford just engaged enough to keep him around and keep him confident. Uh, you know, um, if I I, I've had, if I would have had to pick, I would say Peyton Thorne wins it as well. You know, from the outside looking in, watching what Robbie Ashford was able to do last season for Auburn, it was, it was really impressive, but I think um, – I think you're right. I think teams would start to just kind of, hey, we're going to stack the box. We're going to make you beat us through the air. Would he be able to do that? I don't know. Um, so I agree with you. I think Thorne wins that job. Uh, my next you know, thought here is really this. Uh-huh. You know, we talked about the defensive line for Texas A&M. It, it, it's going to be one of uh, – it's going to be top five in the country. Potentially, I think, could end up being the best in the country. It's all seven. I mean, it's, everything is said and done. I mean, heck, it's all five stars pretty much. Um, but for some reason, they struggled to stop the run last year. So, I mean, like, tell us about the stable of running backs Auburn has. I know I talked a little bit about Jarquez Hunter, but um, is it going to be kind of just him, or do you think they're going to give the ball to some other guys? What's that going to look like? I think that the running back room is the second deepest position at Auburn right now behind cornerbacks. And I think why Auburn had so much success running the ball last year against AM is that Will Friend, who is the interim offensive coordinator, decided to go with a three tight end set and run out of that. And it really helped Auburn, who was struggling to get any kind of push from an offensive line standpoint. The three tight ends got Auburn backs outside, got them some running lanes, and it paid off. Auburn won't do that this year as much. I think they feel more confident in their offensive line. There was a lot of over-pursuing last year in that game that A&M defensive tackles did, young guys. I look for it to be different. I look for them to be a little bit more stable than they were last year. I think Auburn, to run the ball effectively on A&M at Kyle Field, is going to have to do it more traditionally with an offensive line that gets some push, and so that will be remain to be seen. You know, the last question here I have for you, and then I'm going to put you on the spot and, and let you let you, let I'm going to let you give me a final score prediction. All right. I'll put mine out there. Or Well, we won't do a score. We'll say who's going to win it. Okay. But, um, my – so the wide receiver room, like I talked a little bit about, is I think besides the de- defensive line room, the deepest on this team. Some Muhammad, Anaya Smith, Evan Stewart, uh, Noah Thomas. You got a lot of guys, a lot of guys who do different things. Um, and I, so we'll, we'll branch this down to just Evan Stewart. I think he's going to, when it's all said and done, I think he's going to be one of the best receivers in college football this season. Um, and you know, so who's going to cover him? And do you think they're going to struggle, or do you think it's going to be a really fun matchup? Who's going to cover? Him? You know, 
the strength of Auburn's team is their secondary. The strength of A&M's teams, they got some really good receivers. So I think that that matchup will kind of even itself out. If A&M's offensive line, which they've had great offensive lines in the past, kind of reemerges and they can run the ball and they can stop Auburn from running the ball from a defensive line standpoint, then A&M wins that game. If Auburn can get any kind of success through the air, and they can limit, not stop. You're not going to cons- you're not going to stop A&M's receivers. But if you can limit their catches, then I can see Auburn. They're going to have to do that going on the road, winning a close game with maybe a field goal. But that's going to be the matchup. It's it's strength on strength. It's A&M's receivers against Auburn's elite secondary. Again, they may just totally even themselves out. You know, just cancel themselves out, and then it's going to become secondary type things like Auburn's running game against A&M's defensive line. So it's going to be, you know, the home field thing is one of those things that's hard to overcome. That place is very difficult to win. If it's nighttime, it even makes it more difficult. We don't know when the game's going to kick off. But I think for Auburn to have a chance to win, they're going to have to be able to have balance on offense. They're going to have to run it effectively and throw it. They're going to have to have at least 450, 500 yards of offense, I think, to win this game. So, you know, I'll I'll, I'll give my thought first, and then I'll get your thought on the thought. I think I think if this game was in Auburn, I think that we have a real conversation here. I think that I think the Aggies win this one. I'm not going to say big. I think they win it. I think it's a one possession game, but I think Texas A&M is going to look like the better football team. That's my thought. So what, what do you think? I think Auburn playing this game early hurts Auburn. I think if they could have played this game a little bit later in the year and established their offensive identity, I, I agree. I think there's going to have to be some things that really, really break Auburn's way for them to win the game. Um, at the end of the day, I think home field may make the difference. And and uh, as much as I want to say that Auburn wins this game, my my head is telling me that Texas A&M wins it in a squeaker because of the advantage of playing at Kyle Field. I agree. That's that's the, the home field advantages. I agree with you. I think a big reason that I lean that way as well. Yeah. So Daryl, really appreciate you stopping by. No Before problem. We go and, and get a burger here at uh, Rainforest Cafe. How can people and down here in Texas Aggie fans check out everything you got going on? You can follow me on Twitter, DAP6410. I'm on every week, Locked on Auburn with Zach Blackerby. Perfect. That sounds good, folks. I appreciate you tuning in. We're going to have a ton of awesome content with you the rest of the week here in Nashville. Hope you have a great rest of your day, and we will see you tomorrow. All right, my brother. It's hard to pick against